ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and we want to set your faith ablaze so that you might live the adventure that comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. Before we get into today's topic, we want you to know that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episode or ideas for future episodes, please contact us. The easiest way to do that is by email. The address is ignition at sfcatholic.org. Again, ignition at sfcatholic.org. I'm happy be excited to be joined in the studio today by my one-time, long-time former co-host, Father Andrew Dickinson. Hi, Father. Hi, how you doing? Good, good. Good to have you here. Better than my sins deserve is my answer to your question. Thank you for giving that to me a while ago. Um, So Father and I are going to be talking today about um, his answer to the question, what does it mean to be Christian? Um, As I said, Father, I don't know, we we recorded a couple hundred episodes of Ignition at least together. Yeah, more than a couple hundred. Um, I've got the counseling bills to prove it. (laughs) And, And we talked about this, but as I told you off the air and, and listeners to Ignition lately, have been this is something I've been asking hosts, and it's something that I'm really um, looking forward to hearing how you articulate your answer to the question, what does it mean to be Christian? If you've never listened to Ignition before, again, my name is Dr. Chris Bergwald. I'm the director of adult discipleship and evangelization with the Diocese of Sioux Falls. Diocese of Sioux Falls, if you're not familiar, is basically eastern South Dakota. The Mer- Missouri River almost completely bisects the state of South Dakota, um, and we are the eastern half of the state. Rapid City is the other diocese to our west. Uh, That's my job, but more importantly, I am married to Jermaine for 20 plus years as we're recording today. And uh, she's from Ohio. I'm from Central Minnesota, but all five of our kids are born and raised in eastern sunny Sioux Falls. Father, would you introduce yourself to our listeners if they've never heard your dulcet tones before? (laughs) Uh, So... I'm uh, originally from South Dakota, born and raised in Yankton, South Dakota. Uh, to one, what city is it? Not the Queens? No, not the Mother City. The, the Mother Dakotas. City. Mother the City. Mother of the Dakotas. City. Do you yes. know why Sioux Falls is called the Queen City? No clue. <laughs> the disdain is dripping. But yeah, anyway. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, yeah, I, I really, I, it's I've heard it once, but I was like, isn't like Cincinnati the Queen City? <clears throat> I, some other cities, but uh, there's no other mother city, the Dakotas. No other mother city. <laughs> than Yankton, which is the original territory capital. Right. And, right. Uh, but yes, so my high, my elementary and high school education are paying off right now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, born and raised there, uh, wonderful parents, uh, and uh, been a priest of the Diocese of Sioux Falls now uh, for, this is my 14th year as an ordained priest, uh, serving in uh, my 11th year at St. Paul's Parish in White, South Dakota, and at the Pius Twelfth Newman Center in Brookings for South Dakota State University. Go big, go blue, go Jacks. Yes, yes, sir. Uh, which was the host um, last fall for College Game Day on ESPN. Yes. So yeah, was, well, it was, we'll, we'll stop there. I know, that day. I know, I know, I know. So, <laughs> but it was one ex- second, just going to find a happy spot. It w- Okay. Okay. We, I think my engineer uh, hails from a different uh, alma mater. That's I too bad. Correctly. Yeah. Too anyway. Um, so. Well, I, I myself am not a jackrabbit. Uh, and actually, you know, you talked, you, you made a joke about my, my disdain for Sioux Falls. Yeah. So it's always good to go on the record with things that will probably happen <laughs> then because of my many uh, grievous sins in my life is I actually think I'd have an easier time being the chaplain at USD for my next assignment than I would being a chaplain for Orgorman. 
Oh, high school in Sioux Falls. Oh, wow! Because uh, I love the Jackrabbit. I tell, I, know, I tell my students this all the time, so this is nothing new. I love the Jackrabbits. Uh, I love because they're my students, and mm. uh, I love Jesus in them. Uh, but I am not a Jackrabbit, right? And so, if I had to love coyotes, well, I would love coyotes, right? Right. Um, but I am a Yankton buck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the uh, Yankton High School uh, where I went, and uh, we had many a clash in the 1990s with uh, the O'Gorman Knights. And uh, so that blue is just a little different color blue than the SDSU blue. Uh, <laughs> and then there's the Dossison blue too. So I don't know. Yeah. I'm okay with that one. Yeah, okay. That's not as prominent. That is. <laughs> that's, and that's a little, that's more of an SDSU blue, I think, than the O'Gorman blue. Is it? I don't. Yeah. I've, I've compared the three of them side by side. We need, we, we, we need some uh, graphics design experts go. to help there us out. There we go. Um, you you can email the show, yeah, ignition, ignition at sfcatholic.org. Did you, I, did I, you I, the, I did that. I did that. that. Yeah. yeah. So. But, okay. Moving on. You know, what, once father and I, 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 I shared this with you when I found it. Um, I, I checked one of our reviews on iTunes. Do you remember? No. T- too much but, silly banter. <laughs> <laughs> Some habits die hard. Amen. So father Dickinson, um, abrupt transition segue to the topic of, of today. What, what is your answer to what does it mean to be Christian? Silly banter. <laughs> what? Yeah. To, to be Christian means silly banter. Well, in some ways being a Christian means you can have silly banter because, uh, because Christ has conquered. Therefore. And so therefore, uh, why, what would I gain by worrying about my life? Mm. Uh, Matthew chapter six uh, for Dr. Bergwald, who doesn't know the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, Matthew chapter uh, six, verses 25 and following uh, about why should you worry about what you eat or what you will wear? Uh, can you add one uh, minute to your day by worrying? You can't. Uh, so part of being a Christian, now that doesn't mean uh, you should be uh, unserious at serious times. Sure. Right. Uh, but part of being a Christian is knowing that you have a freedom to have silly banter, uh, that everything doesn't have to be uh, dreadful and serious. Like uh, if the listeners had ever seen, I'm not recommending, but if they've ever seen Monty Python's uh, The Holy Grail, uh, when they have a vision of God and God is complaining about the dreary Psalms. Oh. Yeah. And the Psalms are not dreary, by the way. And they're wonderful. They're about life. And and. The Psalms, like the Christian, uh, you know, they're serious when they need to be serious, and they're also joyful and playful when it's time to be joyful and playful. Yeah, because I, I, you said freedom, and so we, yeah. we are children of our Heavenly Father, and if, if we live that identity, then we know that whatever happens is within His fatherly divine providence, and we need not be concerned, and then therefore we can live uh, joyfully, which doesn't always like it. Not, it's not always. Um, I don't know how you put it. Some, we're serious at times, but still, there's a, there's a Christian joy that ought to pervade everything, which flows from our identity as beloved children. Yeah, and opposite a dreary dullness, uh, drollness, uh, uh, being sad and overwhelmed about uh, challenges in the world. Um, so, as a Christian, trying to find that internal balance of. I have confidence in Christ and his victory, uh, even though there are serious difficulties and challenges that I face in the midst of my daily life. But that freedom, you know, and, and I'm thinking right now of Galatians and St. Paul, uh, where St. Paul, uh, St. Paul, he's the author of the letter of the book of the Galatians, which is one of the books of the New Testament. Yeah. And so St. Thomas Aquinas has a commentary on it. You can, maybe you're familiar with that. 
Uh, listen to old episodes of Ignition. You'll have some idea why Father's insulting me. So continue, uh, Father. <laughs> you with, you uh, played along with it, though. Abs- into it. Into okay. it. Okay. Uh, but uh, so, in, yeah, St. Paul in his letter to the Galatians talked about how it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Amen. Uh, and so that freedom then means you can have that playfulness, uh, you can playful banter, um, that you can have that, that joy of life. Um, and I think about this too, in like a more serious sense in St. Paul in Romans chapter five, um, where he talks about, uh, the hope that we have, even in the midst of, uh, uh, suffering mm-hmm. and suffering leads to perseverance and perseverance to proven character and proven character leads to hope. And so I can still hope even though, uh, it is dire and things are difficult and challenging, but my hope is not in me and my strength and my abilities, uh, but in uh, Jesus Christ himself and his victory. So our hope is not in ourself. Right. I think that that is an aspect of what it means to be Christian, which is um, not only countercultural in the broader secular context, but frankly, even within among Christians to some degree. Right. You know, I think that the salvation is not, and that in some ways this question has been an age old, uh, uh, foe of, uh, authentic Catholic and proper Catholic living. I want to avoid maybe the word authentic and you'll see why in a moment, but, um, but the idea of, of Pelagianism is it was the formal name of this, this heresy, um, from man by the name of Pelagius. Yes. Yes, Ladies and gentlemen, uh, who's not a, who's not a Sith Lord. <laughs> if you're a Star Wars fan, that might sound like he's a Sith Lord of some sort, but he's not. It's true. Uh, it's true. And so, no, so Pelagius, not a, a cleric, as most heretics have been in right, history. Right, yeah. right. When we're the ones who actually have free time to do the <laughs> heresy. <laughs> and so, and I think they're often, most often, though, religious they, I, clerics they, and not diocesan clerics. That's very true as well. Mm, interesting. interesting. <laughs> so, uh, Pelagius, 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 uh, this idea that, uh, if you like simply just kind of know the truth, you can do the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, and the way that kind of comes about, I think in our modern world around us, and even to do some Catholic promotions in the modern world around us is, uh, what the philosophers or sociologists might call self-actualization, right? That it's about kind of becoming your true self, that Christianity is becoming your true self, finding your deepest desires, finding your deepest longings. Um, and you know, there's everything that's wrong always has kernels of truth. Amen. Um, but, uh, but the Christian faith is more than just simply, uh, uh, being the best, uh, being, doing your best, uh, being your authentic self. Yep. Yep. So if you're just tuning in there's a new ignition, this is a broadcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald and visiting today in studio with father Andrew Dickinson about his answer to the question, what does it mean to be Christian? So just right there, we're talking about how it's not self-actualization. And, and as you said, I mean, everything that's wrong, I mean, every heresy is actually focusing in narrowly too narrowly on one specific truth and beating it to death, losing sight of the larger whole. So in this case, there there is a truth that, that God does really want to transform us. It's called sanctification. Right. Um, he does want to make us better. He doesn't want He doesn't want to make us the best that we can be. But that's different than what you're just describing right there. Right. It's different than like a program of self actualization. Right. It's different than me uh, accomplishing these victories over myself. Right. In a certain sense, um, because. Uh, Maybe the the direct the the proper balance of this is the idea that Christianity is a defeat, right? 
you know, Christianity is admitting that I've lost, right? Uh, that I am uh, a sinner and incapable. So here's some of that seriousness to counteract the banter. Um, <laughs> the dear reviewer, uh, whoever you are, God bless whoever, you. Father's not bitter. Uh, I, I don't think so. Um, but uh, I am joking. I'm, I'm, I'm making many ways now. I'm in my own head. Uh, get out of my head myself. So that Christianity is uh, this, this surrender, this admittance that I cannot be the one who does this victory. I need, I need Jesus to win the victory for me. And that doesn't excuse you then from uh, striving to grow in virtue. Nope. Uh, but at the same time, uh, my personal growth is not the point of being a Christian. So, but, say, so I think that right there is probably where, wait, 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 what? What? But we're supposed to become saints. What do you, what do you, what do you, if personal growth is sanctification, what does that mean? Yeah. Uh, so, but sanctification must be led by the Lord. Right. It must be led by surrender to him. Uh, right. It can't be manufactured by myself. Right. Right. So I think, because I think, so the way that this happens, we're trying to grow in virtue, in the virtuous life, and we want to grow. And so we, we do, like, well, how do you develop habits? So I'm going to read a book on, on habits, and I'm going to do this. And, and you and I talked about smart habits once upon a time yep. on Ignition. Uh, so again, there's some truth there, but, but it, it very subtly gets twisted to where it's, we've lost sight of the primacy of grace, the, the primacy of God moving and me responding to those those movements responding to his grace and me just leading the way surprise surprise there's a beautiful scripture passage that comes to mind as we say this uh psalm 127 which goes and this is the translation from the breviary that i've memorized because i pray it quite often if the lord does not build the house in vain do the builders labor Amen. if the lord does not keep watch in vain does the watchman keep vigil in vain is your early arising you're going later to rest you who toil for the bread you eat while he pours gifts on his beloved while they slumber. Mm -hmm. uh, so this invitation from the psalm in that way, like, so he's not saying not to build. Right. He's not just saying, he's not saying don't keep watch, but rather, you know, build where the Lord builds to follow the Lord's lead, to follow the lead of grace and learning how to do that in our Christian life. And it's okay to, to learn through trial and error. Okay, that, uh, oh, I think the Lord wants me to work on this virtue or work on this. Right. And, you know, maybe I'm frustrated and, you know, things are coming to no end. Well, maybe I learned through that the Lord's actually looking to move me over here. Right. Or in some, in some and that'd be more of a negative learning path. But maybe there might be a positive, so to speak, learning path of, you know, I, I read into one thing, look at one thing and then, oh, actually, no, he's actually pulling me to this other direction uh, in order to... Uh, die to myself that the new man in Christ, the new person in Christ, the new Adam, as uh, St. Paul talks about it, might live within me. That remi reminds me of a conversation you and I were having um, before we start recording today about how I was making the point that, you know, I can come up with all sorts of good ideas, maybe even great ideas, maybe even some brilliant ideas, but are they the Lord's idea? Right. So when it comes to me and my own growth and holiness, my own growth and becoming more and more Christ-like, how I do that, is that being led by my good, great, maybe even brilliant idea or by my discernment of what the Lord's asking me to do? Correct. And the, But the good news to that, again, is that the Lord is the one who will teach you this. <clears throat> right. And he's patient and he's generous and he's not going to get fed up. Uh, and so he's and very willing then to to allow you to learn through trial and error. Right. Frankly, I think we're f 
well, most, if not all of us, are far more prone to get frustrated, impatient, and give up on ourselves than he is. Right. That's why I think that for me, that's part of the the, the battle of holiness is me um, being as patient with myself as he is. There's a line from uh, Pope Francis um, about confession along these lines where he said, um, it's not God who gets tired of forgiving us. It's we who get tired of going and asking for forgiveness. Amen. Amen. Okay. So again, stepping back, we're talking about what does it mean to be Christian? So I, I, if I were to synthesize to boil down what we've been saying so far, it's, it's pointing towards like, my phrase, the primacy of grace, right? As opposed to my own program of self-sanctification, self-actualization. Correct. What else comes to mind or um, continue along those lines? Well, I think maybe just continue along that lines and maybe just to draw out maybe a few, uh, examples of attitudes that are maybe contrary to the primacy of grace. So here I think about like uh, the popularity of a Joel Olstein, mm. right? Um, who's very much this idea of kind of a, an actualization of self, prosperity gospel, guy. right? And uh, but not just prosperity gospel, like if you know if you're good, you'll be blessed, right? But even in the sense of like being good is being happy about yourself, mm-hmm. uh, being satisfied with yourself at the end of the day, um, this sort of self satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, and so that's, and then that's just very much in like the religious air around us and in Christian right. yep. religious circles. And then there's parties in Catholic uh, places. You can, you know, start to, once you start to tune your ear to this, you might notice places where this is, you know, uh, maybe more in the air. Um, and just culturally too, it's in the air. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Right. That, uh, and, and I think so many of like the challenges of, um, of modern American living are about uh, fight uh, the modern American ad- desire to uh, achieve self-realization that then the self-realization, the path of self-realization also often quite often runs contrary to the gospel uh, yep. to Jesus Christ, to his teachings, to his life. Yeah. Some, some, and we've talked about this in nation before some sort of, core uh, American principles, rugged individualism, the self-made man. And so again, there's some truth to that. It's, um, but there either is error or very prone to misunderstanding those ideas. Right. And so I think uh, uh, let's talk about maybe some paths out of this and Mm. like the way of what it means to be a Christian. Then, so we've talked about some things of not being a Christian. Let's talk about some ways out of this. Great. So if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Ignition. This is a broadcast of the New Evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, visiting today with Father Andrew Dickinson about what does it mean to be Christian? So we've been talking about how we can fall for these false ideas, which closely resemble um, the ancient heresy of Pelagianism. How do we find our way out? Yeah. So I, I, I honestly surrender mm. the idea of surrender, uh, surrender to the Lord, surrender <clears throat> um, and uh, a spiritual surrender to him of uh, the things I hold dear, the things that I'm worried about um, of uh, the things that press on my day. Uh, so it's just starting the practice of surrender. Uh, the problem is what does surrender look like? Right. Right. You know, uh, but the easiest thing is to say, well, just surrender. Now, surrender is different than giving up, mm. right? So giving up would be like, well, I'm not going to try anymore, mm-hmm. right? But a spirituality of surrender is uh, opposed to giving up. It's rather giving up control. Right, right. And so that the Lord is going to be Lord uh, and, and the Lord is going to be the one that I follow in that way. I, giving up control. And that's, I mean, and maybe it's a human thing in general. Certain to me, it's an, an American thing. It's definitely a Chris thing. We have control issues. I have control issues, which ultimately betray a lack of trust. 
Right. And, and, and so betray a lack of trust and also come from concupiscent desire. Absolutely. The desire to, uh, to be made in my own image. Right. And to reject the fact that I am a creature who's made in the image and likeness of God. Right. Which means then I am not the author, uh, not the uh, uh, planner of my own life, but I have to receive my life. My life is something I receive from God uh, in an ongoing fashion. Uh, not just a once in the womb or once in the primordial slime uh, or once in the big bang, but rather it's something I'm ongoingly on. Yes. Go with And it. a going on uh, <laughs> grammar, uh, something that uh, I continually receiving from the Lord. And so that requires then me from me as a Christian, uh, a life of ongoing surrender to him. Right. Because I think it's another temptation that that even though even the most mature or, or the most maturing disciple, at least the most, maybe not, but those who are well on the path of of Christian maturity, thank you, Lord, for getting me here. I'm good, right? Satisfied. I, I, I've got it here. <laughs> I, I've got it from here. I, I I can go the rest of the way on my own. Yeah. No, I can't. No. So uh, a, a priest friend of mine, Father Scott Trainer. Uh, he loves the image of the spiritual life, you know, because uh, the the implicit image of the spiritual life for that person uh, you were talking about uh, just now is the image of like a charged battery or a filled yeah. bucket. Yes. Right. I, I got to get recharged, you know, but really uh, Father Scott Trainer has this beautiful image of a sail. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That, uh, and it's a little foreign to us here in the beautiful uh, lands <laughs> of, uh, of the Great Plains. And, uh, but of a sail that's filled with wind and our, our life, uh, and the sail only has, uh, force and movement and value if it's connected with the wind. Right. And the moment it's not connected with the wind, the ship just dies. Right. And so it's a continual process of that. And so in our own spiritual life, the sail course being our life of prayer, our life of awareness of the presence of God and connection to him and the wind being the grace of God mm -hmm. that we have to have, uh, sails up and in contact with him in all times to go anywhere. Right. Yeah. Right. And so I think, and just as with a, a sail, the sailor is always attentive to the way the wind is blowing. If he wants to continue moving forward, we have to be attentive to how the spirit is moving in our lives. Yeah. If we want to keep being docile to him. Correct. And, you know, uh, maybe, um, and so that's, uh, that's a good way to think about and to conceive of this idea of what does surrender uh, look like in the Christian life. Surrender in a certain sense then is keeping my sails up. Mm. Right. Is, is keeping my mind attentive to the Lord. Right. Um, and, and what he's doing in that way. And that's, uh, that's how we can start to cultivate then life uh, prayer as a life of lived communion. Right. Okay. So that prayer is not just something I do from time to times, you know, morning prayer, go to mass, <clears throat> um, whatever it might be in my life based on the state of my life. But all of these things to then cultivate a lived communion with God so that uh, whether I'm brushing my teeth, whether I'm a college student walking between, between classes, whether I'm changing my baby's diapers, whether I'm sitting in a boring meeting at work, uh, whatever it might be from sublime to mundane and everything in between that can be trying to be doing this in a lived awareness of the presence of God. Amen. So, it, um, 
if if my prayer time, personal prayer time in the morning or in the evening, uh, my participation at mass, those are maybe more uh, intense moments and intentional, in, intentional moments of prayer. But they should, but but that spirit of prayer, being a lived communion, should pervade my entire day and all that I do. Right, and cultivating that awareness of His presence. Uh, God is never not with you. Right. 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 And so uh, there's a Peter Kraft. Uh, you might think that his name is pronounced Kreeft, but it's pronounced Kreeft. Yes, it is. Uh, Peter Kreeft, who's a uh, philosopher, technically, yep. philosopher yep. from Boston College yep. and uh, a prolific writer. Yes. Uh, but he talks about, um, he has this book, uh, I think, Jesus Shock. Yep. And in it, he says, yeah, I want you, he has this little quiz at the beginning. He says, I want you to name the three most important people in the world. And so often, like, people put down, like, oh, president, or everybody's like, what's the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? Mm -hmm. They're the three most important people in the world. And, you know, that's part of our awareness of the presence of God and part of our lived Christian faith. And that way, am I aware of God's presence, that he's the mm -hmm. most important one? And that's that comes back to the idea, then, of surrender, that uh, I'm paying attention to him uh, in my daily lived life. I'm paying attention to him in my daily lives at certain times more intentionally or more intensely, but that would be an awareness that I'm cultivating throughout. Correct. Day. And so like the Sunday mass uh, devotionals that you might do, whether daily mass, rosary, things like that, all those things then are to hopefully to practice, uh, to get better at uh, noticing uh, and responding to the presence of God so that in the midst of your daily life, it's more and more of that ingrained habit. Right. Right. By the way, we have about two minutes left. Any, and whether it may be a synthesis of what we've been saying so far, or just a little tease of another aspect of how you answer the question, what does it mean to be Christian? I think um, that's, that's a hard, that's a good question. I wasn't prepared for that, Dr. Sorry, sorry, Father. Gosh. Um, so I think maybe just to summarize again, that what it means to be a Christian is not about uh, being perfect. Mm. Right. Uh, and so maybe the best way to summarize is that to be a Christian, you first have to be a sinner, mm. you know, and I, I talk with my college students about this quite often, uh, that, uh, the Catholic church is a place for sinners. Uh, it's not a place for the perfect. It's not a museum of the perfect. And other people have used lines like that. It's uh, the hospital as Pope Francis talks about the field hospital, field hospital. right? Um, but, uh, so to be a Christian is first to be a sinner and your whole life, you will be a sinner. But to become more and more a sinner who is surrendering to uh, the lived, the living presence of God in Jesus Christ and the power of His Spirit, and responding to uh, that living presence. And so, my Christian life then, rather than an action of uh, perfection, is an action of that surrender uh, to and aware and living awareness of uh, that presence of God and His love for me as a sinner. So I think maybe one way to uh, restate that is to recognize, to acknowledge who and what I am, a sinner, um, but then to recognize and acknowledge who it is that the Father calls me to be. Yeah, being a sinner is the beginning of it, but it's not the end of it. And sometimes we can get caught, oh, I'm a sinner, and we're just focusing on our own sins. Right. But no, that's the beginning of it. It's not the end. Amen. Um, so when, when you think, uh, if, you're, if you're listening to this uh, and what Father Dickens has been sharing, um, I think the thing that I appreciate most probably goes back to the beginning and what we ended up talking about the whole episode. It's not about what I'm doing. It's about what he's right. doing in me and my cooperation with that. Right. Um, 
Go ahead. We're very close to First John chapter 5. Uh, in this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he first, he first loved, loved us, us and sent his son to die for us while we were yet sinners. Amen. Father, it's been good to have you back on Ignition. Good to be back. You should come back more often. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. So, you are a sinner, but that's not all you are. Recognize the Lord moving and, and follow his promptings. Father, thanks for being here with us today. And that will wrap, us, wrap up this episode of Ignition. Again, you can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org with any thoughts, questions, or ideas for future episodes. And until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.